Blog Talk Radio. Gracious good afternoon and welcome to the It's Real Radio talk show. I pray that you are having a blessed day in the Lord, no matter what time you may be hearing the sound of my voice, be it morning, afternoon, or evening. We are so delighted to, as always, connect with you in the airwaves. So we just welcome you to the It's Real Radio talk show. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and joining me on this phenomenally beautiful day is my co-host, the wonderfully and talented and beautiful Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you today, my sister? Hey, beautiful. How are you, Elder? I am excellent. I am excellent. And you, are you having a blessed Christmas Eve Eve? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, it's beautiful to me. I'm still living and breathing. Um, Even though so much going on around us, we still yeah. have to just consider where we are and thank God for it. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It is a blessing to be yet in the land of the living. We are almost at the end of this year, 2018, but God has graciously blessed us to wake up this morning and to see another day. So we have much to be thankful for. Much, much, much. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Well, you know, um, something had been on my heart, and I, I guess it's maybe because it's the Christmas season, and um, there's so many wonderful stories about the Christmas season, and we know that, you know, for us as faith-based believers, that the reason that we embrace the season um, is the love that God shed abroad for his children in the form of his dear son, Christ Jesus. Now, we, um, spoiler alert, if there's any children listening, because we're getting ready to blow the myth of Santa Claus and Christ's birthday all at the same time. But um, we celebrate the birth of Christ every day that we live because we celebrate the death of Christ every day that we live and the resurrection of Christ in knowing that God loved us so, so very, very much that he time in eternity to birth forth his only begotten son into this earth realm, that he would walk as a human and be subject unto all the, the things that we are subject unto, the temptations, Um, the hardships and all that we endure so that we would have an advocate that that is seated at the right hand of God. And as he makes intercession for us, he does it in an emphatic way. It's not just in sympathy or feeling sorry for us or pitying us, but he empathizes with us because he knows our plight. So it's an awesome thing that when you break it down and you think about um, how awesome God is, and how much he truly, truly loved us. And the fact that, you know, we can come together as believers and as family and share and celebrate that love. And for me, that's what I think about when I think about Christmas. Um, Yes, I absolutely positively know Christ was not born on December 25th. I absolutely positively know that um, Santa Claus is a myth. (laughs) created from various different folklore and and fantasy tales and what have you. But I still embrace and enjoy the season because it is a time that people tend to come together and to celebrate 
family, you know, and, and that's what makes it special to me is the celebration of family, of of the loved ones coming together and embracing one another. And even, even in the spirit of giving, because I'm not a big gift giver. Um, I don't get caught up in the bottom line of some retail chain and trying to make their year fabulous at the very end of it. I don't get caught up in all of that um, and haven't, never have really, to be honest with you. I've had Christmases where, you know, I had big, beautiful trees and bunches of gifts under the tree because my children were young and my grandchildren were young and, and I wanted to make it special for them. And, and if I was able you know, if I was financially in position to do it, I would do that. And and that's part of a tradition of growing up and my parents doing that for me. But more often than not, um, it's just a time for me of just of love and just, you know, embracing the season. And to me that this season is a unique opportunity, um, so to speak, because there's a different aura in the atmosphere. It is really, really, I mean, you can tangibly feel in the, the time of Christmas and the closer it gets, there's a different um, aura. There's a different atmosphere that people tend to embrace. And it's the uniqueness of the season. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I really, really am. And I embrace it, like I said, on the, the basis of family. Okay, not um, not getting caught up in, in the gift exchanges and what have you. Do I believe in gifts? Yeah, but I give gifts all year long, you know. Um, I don't think you have to wait for, quote, unquote, man to tell you um, you need to give somebody a gift. I, I don't believe that. I believe that if the Spirit leads you to be a blessing to someone, then you need to do that. And likewise, and we talked about this two weeks ago, I don't believe in getting caught up and going broke and feeling like, oh, my God, if I couldn't give somebody a gift that it's going to haunt me and I'm going to be so guilt-ridden and what have you. I don't believe in that either because, again, you know, if I'm able, I will do for you at any given point in time so it's not dealing with the pressures of man. But saying all of that, I said all of that to say this, that what God had really been dealing with my heart is uniqueness, Um, even in the different portions of the quote-unquote Christmas story, the nativity story that is shared, that there's each portion of the story has its own unique factors to it. And in embracing the uniqueness of the story itself, it makes us come face-to-face with our own uniqueness and our own unique qualities that God has placed into us. So um, I said that our topic today was embracing your, your uniqueness. And it's the story of the unicorn and the reindeer. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I have I have a little little story in mind that I want to share. But before we get into that, tell me, Tam, what what do you see as your personal unique qualities? The qualities that set you apart as being who you are. Um. Well, since that's kind of deep. Because I was really listening to you a lot, <laughs> uh, I, I was like, in, I was so into it. I was like, she won't say nothing about me. But um, I was, you know what? I want to say something now because I heard someone say to me yesterday, um, "Gosh, Tanya, don't brag." But see, for so long, I thought being confident and knowing who you were was bragging, mm-hmm. and I thought it was not healthy. And mm. where I got it from, I don't know. But it was something I realized that I had for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, because I went to another department in my job, in the grocery department, um, someone had said something to me, and I thought, jack of all trades, and I'm getting ready to master them all. Mm. And, he's, and he said to me, oh, okay, let's not be cocky. I go, no, I don't feel like that's cocky. That's called confidence. Mm-hmm. And I'm not letting anyone else anymore take that away from me. Amen. The unique policy that I feel like I have now is only through the grace of God. Please let me put it out there now. I may mm-hmm. decrease that he must increase in me. And yes. that's the ability that, spite of what I'm going through, see, that's the part a lot of people that are very close to me and see me can't understand. But when I go out into the world, my whole spirit changes. I can't be mm. Debbie Downer. I have to be Tanya the Uplifter. Mm-hmm. Christ, because I feel, I feel, and I believe that 
how can people see Christ if they don't see him in me? So regardless of the nastiness sometimes, and you get it, and, man, it's a different world now, people. Wake up. We're in a different uh-huh. world. People uh-huh. are nastier. Um, um, hatred and all kinds of things is being exercised more than normal than before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you have to really overcome a lot of things. You think during this Christmas holiday season, spite of and regardless, that people will still be in a good mood, but there's a lot of mean people, hateful uh-huh. people, nasty uh-huh. people. The reason why I brought uh-huh. that up is the unique quality is, Thank you, Jesus. I feel like I have the ability to still find find a way to make people smile or laugh. Not all everybody, but even in the midst of bad times. Mm. You know what? That is a precious, precious quality. It really, really is. I wish more people had that unique quality. Seriously, and and I am proud of you for embracing it and recognizing it and not allowing anybody ever to tear that down and take that away from you ever again, because that's that's phenomenal. I love you. Thank that's, you for saying it. I, I love you too, but you you know we you you're so right. You're so right that you know we're living in a day of nastiness and and you know especially even in the body of Christ where brothers and sisters are against one another for political reasons and social reasons and all these other things instead of being united as one in Christ as we have been commanded to be. So, you know, um, you have always had a talent. Um, I, I shouldn't call it a talent, a gift. It's more of a gift. It's not a talent of seeing the good in people. That's something that I have always admired about you. Um, you know, are you perfect? No. Um, have you had your issues? Yes. But you've always had a heart for the unloved, you know, and seeing beyond the outer being of that person and seeing what was inward. I, I remember when we used to do the feeding with mother and, um, you know, you had a, a unique quality of embracing the homeless, you know, no matter who they were, what they looked like, what they smelled like, or whatever. You always had that kind of heart that, to embrace them. So I, I applaud you in that. I really, really do. Because everybody doesn't have that, you know. I love you. Um, that's real. No, that's real. That comes from the heart. Um, you know, we have to recognize when we have qualities that are God-given, you know, that's why I changed it from being a talent to a gift. This was, you were gifted with that. It's a God-given gift that you have. Um, my my pastor, Pastor Seneca, teases me even to this day that I have a gift of hospitality. I will take people into my home in a heartbeat. Don't think twice about it. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> And she, she teases me. She's like, you know, I'm, I don't have that quality. No, I'm not quick to take people into my home. And she's a pastor. And you got to know her because you, you can testify. She has a heart of gold. She will give you anything she possibly can. But she just doesn't have that, you know, open door policy in her home. Does not make her any less than or worse than anybody else. It, it, it was just not what Amen. was placed in her. Amen. You know, I'm not, and um, I'm not that way, sis. I'm not uh, that yeah, way. I have to tell everybody. You know everybody. what I'm saying? Yeah. Isn't it, that weird? Like, I, I can, I can deal with the homeless. Yeah. I can go out there. I can. I, I love being with people that are homeless. I love all that. But when it comes to my own home, I had to realize because I have quirks about me, how I mm-hmm. like things that I mm-hmm. choose not to subject people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm I saying? I used laugh. to think it was them. I have to laugh. I, I have to share this. I, I really do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but when you said I have quirks, all I could think about was that white sofa you had in your living room that nobody could even venture into the living room to set on. It was gorgeous, but it's like you couldn't even go in the living room. I had I had a white I had a white rug a white Persian rug on the floor I had a white living room nobody you could you had to look at it coming through the door you that's the truth sis I, I and you know what I'm gonna tell you something I did not realize not until literally 
a year, uh, two years ago, I was listening to a message by T.D. Jakes, and he said, if some of you, you need to stop going in people's house and trying to tell them how to keep it clean. If that's how they want it, that's how they want it. And a man, I had to bust out laughing because I was like, that is me. If I didn't tell you, I would go in your house and start cleaning it while we're having a conversation. Exactly. You didn't have to tell it. You would do it. (laughs) I would just do it. And and you know what I had to realize, sis? I love you for that because this is what being real is all about. I love people. And when I just said to people, I I love making people smile when they're down now. I realize mm-hmm. because I've been that person, but I'm still not past. Now, don't get me wrong. You can come to my house for a short time. You know what I'm trying to say? But I'm like a minister one time. Anything after seven days, like fish, you may start sinking, <laughs> and it's time to go. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be like, I love you. But, you know, after that, I'm like, woo, my nerves. I'm sweating talking yeah. about it right now. I'm sweating okay. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> But that's you know what that's real. I mean, like I said, we all we have have our our own specific gifts, talents, um, and uniqueness about ourselves that God has placed within us. So you know when we talk about embracing your uniqueness, what's really important about that is not seeing. I'm sorry, excuse me. It's not seeing yourself better than or less than anybody else. It is a matter of seeing yourself for who you are. Who did God create you to be? You know, and embracing that. You know, I mean, we are we are yet a work in progress, each and every one of us. Thank God he's not through with us yet. I can say that for myself, okay? Because if he was through with me, I'd be in trouble, okay? Because I'm sure you can relate. You know, we all have day-to-day trials and tribulations that we walk through. And if God had thrown up his hands and said, enough, I'm done, we'd be in dire straits right now. We really, really would, you know? Um, But we've got to get to that place of not only embracing who we are, but not putting down who somebody else is because of their qualities, you know? Um, that's what's been on my heart is if we look at ourselves and we appreciate what God has placed within each of us, the gifting, the talents, you know, the abilities, um, the affections, the love that he has given us, if we can embrace who we are, then just as we embrace who we are, We've got to learn to embrace who God made the other person to be as well. This is especially in family and in in marriage, okay? Um, God didn't clone us. He did not make each of us mirror images of the other one. And I thank God for that. I don't think the world could stand two of me. I'm just being honest. I know I couldn't, okay? Um, Even twins, even... Um, identical twins. There's uniqueness in their DNA. There are genetic differences. You may on the outside look and it's hard for you to tell them apart and observe them for any length of time. You'll see they're quite different. They're quite different. Their thought patterns are different. Their their um, idiosyncrasies are different. Their um, I, I, I was watching a document, documentary once, and it was conjoined twins, um, and they actually had two heads, and but one body, but the two heads fought independently of each other, and they, when I watched the documentary, they were, I think, like 18, 19 years old um, at that time, and they talked about how they had to learn to work in unison with one another because they were different. They had different desires and different wishes, but they shared the same body. And so they had to learn to work together so that as the the right hand was doing something, the left hand would work in unison with it because they occupied two spheres within the same place. You know what I'm saying? And, and that that was amazing to me, the thought of, you know, you can't move without the other one because you're conjoined, but at the same Indeed. time, you have different thoughts. 
You have different desires. You have different wishes. And they had to learn to give way to each other. So, you know, it was like, okay, well, today we're going to do what you want to do, and tomorrow we'll do what I want to do, kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Because they had to learn to work together because it was the same body. That's compromising. Isn't that deep? Right. Isn't that deep? Right. That's compromising. It's a it's it a marriage. Is. It is. And, but what what it what's even different? What's even deeper than the compromise, Pam, was the respect factor. I said, I respect you for what you desire and what you want. And we have to learn to do that. I, I tell people all the time, and you can bear witness. My husband and I are polar opposites. We, we really are. Okay, he is laid back and at ease and, you know, takes his time or whatever. And I am, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to get this done. <laughs> you know, just, just yeah. totally, you know, on a different, different wavelength in so many ways. However, God t- took the uniqueness of our differences to bring about balance in both of our lives. And that's amazing to me. You know, almost 30 years later, as I look over the years, that's an amazing thing to me. But we had to get to a place of respect for each other, you know, and where I'm sure would get on his nerves because it was like, come on. And I was always wanting to go and to do. Likewise, he would kind of get on my nerves because he wasn't moving fast enough. And it was like, come on. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, we had to get to a place, and it's been work. And I'm not saying we're always completely there, but we're a lot better than we were 30 years ago. Um, But we had to get to a place of of mutual respect and honor for who that individual was. Now, as different as we are, this is what's really unique in God, and when he puts things together, as different as we are, the one thing that we share is our spirit of hospitality. So it's like where I'll bring a family home today, he may bring a family home tomorrow. You you, you know what I'm saying? And and we work in innocent with that. So, you know, it's like God has a way of finding the balance in people and when he puts them together, when he puts them together, I say, this is something else I say. And and I I pray nobody takes it the wrong way. And and I think my husband by this time has figured out what I mean in it. But it's like he was not my choice. He was God's choice for me. And because of that, it's worked. Because mm-hmm. God knew Amen. what each of us needed. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And sometimes what we're seeing in the natural or in the naked eye, you know, it, it we're looking on the exterior and God is looking on the interior and he already knows what he's worked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and then I want to tell you my little story. Um, I never forget years ago, I'm trying to remember if it was in the first, it might have even been in the first marriage, I'm not sure. No, no, I, yep, I do remember. It was in between. It was in between when he and I had gotten divorced. And I'll never forget that I was praying. And I had to share this, you know, our, our friend TC, because remember, if you remember, you, myself, and she were all divorced at the same time, basically. And so we were all going through the same period of time. Um, and I remember I was praying. And I was telling God what I wanted and, you know, and and my new husband and yada, yada, yada. And I was calling these things forward. And God stopped me in my prayer. I'll never forget this. And he said, if I bring you a new one, he won't have what I've already put in the other one for you. And it. Really, and that like that really, I was like, what? He was like, if I bring you a new one, he will not have the qualities that I already put in the other one for you. It was, and and at the time, it really wasn't something that I wanted to hear because I'm walking in rebellion and I didn't want the other one, (laughs) but. But God was so real in what he was saying. And I think we miss that, you know, in mm-hmm. in our failure to embrace the uniqueness of the people that God will connect us to. We forget Amen. that there, there's things that God has placed in them specifically for us. And we're so busy looking on the outside or so busy complaining, you know, that we can't appreciate what God has done. One other incident, this was after we had remarried, um, 
And we had went to Bible study one night. Now, this is another thing that just stood out in my mind with the faithfulness of God. And we had had a disagreement on the way. Um, and I don't, I, I can't attest for what he was thinking in his mind, but I can tell you what I was thinking in my mind. And mine was, I don't need this. I was doing just fine by myself. And we were, we entered in, this is, this is really crazy. You enter into the house of God in prayer, right? To, to pray in with your, your mental capacity and your emotions in a bad place. You know, right? Not really right. embracing embracing God, right? Right. So, as after prayer was over with, it was short and whatever. Then we turned to walk to leave, and my pastor stopped us. Pastor G stopped us, and he said, "God said to tell both of you, stop saying that you don't need the other one, because He has placed something in each of you that the other one needs." I remember that. I Do you remember, remember that? that. I remember and, that. And it registered so profoundly to me on two reasons. Number one, because of what God had already spoken to me about me wanting a new one. And number two, because I had actually said in my mind, I hadn't spoken verbally, but in my mind, I don't need this. I was doing just fine by myself. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we have to learn, like I said, in embracing ourselves. And one of the reasons that I think God placed this on my heart to do that today is because we are almost at the end of this year. And the one thing that we have been talking about is ending this year strong so that we're not looking toward 2019 to be better. It will be better, but we're ending 2018 in a manner befitting the God who has blessed us through this year. We're going to end the year without complaints. We're going to end the year recognizing and understanding the glory and the grace that God has given us to get through this year. There's a lot that has transpired this year. I'm sure every person under the sound of my voice can attest. You have walked through trials and tribulations and heartaches and losses, but you've also experienced great, great gains and, and the faithfulness of God as he has carried you through these things. And Amen. to embracing your uniqueness. Don't you agree? I agree, sir. I 100% agree with that. And hearing you talk, you know, we got to understand one thing. Something came to my spirit when you said that to me. See, what happens is when you pray for a husband, just for ladies, or you pray for a wife, your inner core is crying out to God. Mm-hmm. So he's listening to your spirit, mm-hmm. not your carnal heart of what you're praying mm-hmm. for. Yeah. See, a lot of times we get caught up in the looks. And the title okay. and the money <laughs> and everything else, but that doesn't mm-hmm. provide our need. See, he's Glory. looking for that one for you that when you get sick, they're going to be the ones that nurse you, take care of you. Or when yeah. you got to take off all the hair and the lashes and the eyes <laughs> okay. or men or, or men less lack, let, less lack in other yes. departments, that yes. woman's going to tolerate yeah. you and love you. Not tolerate you, but yes. love you during yes. it all. And that's what mm. you prayed and asked God for. But see, when you look at it with your carnal eye, you go, that ain't what I want because I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to me, when I break down, when it comes to me, when I have my moments, like you saying, sis, the world can't handle not even a half of me. So mm-hmm. when you look at it like that, you realize that he's doing it for your good. Mm-hmm. He said everything that has purpose, he will, he will leave. And everything Mm -hmm. that doesn't, because see, that's what I'm seeing in this last of 2018. Anything that doesn't have purpose, got to go. He's starting to ask me, what is this? Is this a liability or an asset? Mm -hmm. It's a liability. Get rid of it. What is this? Is this a liability or an asset? It's Mm -hmm. a liability, Lord. Get rid of it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what it is. It can be friendships. Mm -hmm. It can be jobs. It can be whatever it is. And the Mm -hmm. saddest part about it is because we ask God for change, and when he began to sweep it and clean it, we like, hold up, wait, don't load. Leave that. Leave that. I Mm -hmm. need some of that, too. Don't take that. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Again, I say it all the time. Are you the potter? Are you the clay? Are you the Mm -hmm. reindeer? Are you the unicorn? Which one are you, Okay. Okay. That's real. That's real. Well, thank you for my segue to my little story. So, this is something that God just really put on my heart, and I guess it's because of the season in which we find ourselves. Um, 
and helping people to embrace who they are. So God gave me this little story. Um, Obviously, it's a fictitious story, something that God just birthed out in my spirit. But I think you will appreciate um, the storyline and the meaning behind it. Okay. So there was um, this fairyland. Once upon a time, or you ain't going to believe this, (laughs) depends on how your fairy tales begin. You know, once upon a time, there was this unique farm, and it was ran by two very unique people. And the uniqueness of each individual um, at the farm, the, the keepers, God had placed them there because he had placed something within them to recognize and to embrace the uniqueness of the different animals that he brought there for shelter and to be raised up. And each animal was basically orphaned. They, you know, they, they, we don't know um, the backdrop of their family or how they became unique in their, their presentation and how they looked. But God took two very unique individuals. One uh, was a dwarf-like um, individual. She was she was kind of the mother of everybody, but you know she was only three feet tall. So she was unique in the fact that she was very small and short. And then her husband was unique in the fact that he was very very tall. He was like almost eight feet tall. And the fact that you know they had to really work together to make their home accessible to both of them, it helped them to appreciate the uniqueness of who they were. So they dealt with her, her, her stature as being short, his stature as being tall, but God knitted them together in such a way that if there was something she couldn't reach, he could pick her up and take her to where she needed to go, not just in the natural, not lifting or not just reaching up on a shelf for her, but he could pick her up in the spirit realm as well and help her to appreciate who she was. And likewise, because he was of gigantic proportion, so to speak, she had to help him embrace who he was because he was an introvert and very shy because wherever he went, people stared at him. Okay, and so she had to help him come out of his shell and appreciate that, listen, God gave you the stature he gave you so that you could appreciate the the taller things in life and so that you could be my legs and I can get things that are down low for you and help you in those things. So I, so they learned to work together. They learned to work together. And because God had put each one, unique qualities in each one of them, God used them to be the caretakers for these unique animals that he would bring to their care. And the animals would be brought to them as babies, um, for them to nurture the animals and rear the animals up in a way that, you know, the animals would have confidence in who they were. Now, these were very, very unique animals, in fact, that, that could talk. So because we are in a fairy tale, <laughs> the animals could talk. It was kind of the Dr. Doolittle syndrome. And um, not only could the animals relate and talk to each other, but they could talk to the humans as well. So as a baby, the unicorn had this this persona about itself that almost was like, you know, when you see in fairy tales where um, someone good has pixie ducks or whatever and sprinkles on you, and, and no matter who sees you, they see beauty in you, they see um, aura in you, they just, they're in awe of you at all times. Well, that's what how it was with the unicorn. And people would come from near and far to, to visit the unique farm because of all the unique animals there. And so, you know, the unicorn never quite understood why everybody would stare at them. And he, he like the tall man, had become an introvert because he did not realize how beautiful he was. He just saw where people would come and just stare at him, and it made him uncomfortable 
because he did not recognize the beauty that he possessed. And so the man had to relate to the unicorn in the rearing of the unicorn to coin what the lady had to teach her husband as embracing who you are. And so that the unicorn and the man had to bring balance to the unicorn's life so that the unicorn wouldn't get the big head just because everybody stood in awe of him and thought he was so beautiful. And he really was, he was majestic. The, the bigger he grew and the stronger he grew, he became more and more majestic. But he stood apart from any other regular horse because of this beautiful horn that came out of his forehead. And he had no idea why the horn was there. It wasn't that, you know, he was mean or he would gore other animals with the horn. He just had this horn. But not only did he have this horn, again, there was this uniqueness about him that people just loved him. They just stood in awe of him. And if you've ever seen, I, I think a horse is a majestic animal anyway. There's something about, you know, a thoroughbred. There's the like the, the muscle structure. And it's just, to me, it's just a regal animal. I, I, I you know, I, I've never, I was never raised around horses. I've only been horseback riding three times in my life, you know, but just to see horses to me and to see them run and their long mane and, and their tails and whatever, they just, they look majestic to me. That's, that's how I see them. But the unicorn was even more majestic. And there was, like I said, there was like something that he just had this aura about himself. So as he grew up, like I said, he originally, you know, he was very introverted because it was like, why do people keep staring at me? And why do I have to be so different with this horn sticking out of my head? And people are going to see me and perceive that something's wrong with me or something's evil or something because I have this horn sticking out of my head. And so as the man would, would, would talk to him and encourage him and let him know, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing. God put that on you for a reason, but more importantly, God has given you the ability to bring joy and happiness to others that see you. You are a symbol to them of good and of beauty and of, of regalness. And so the man finally got the unicorn to embrace who he was, that they, they don't realize that all their lives, no matter what it was they put their hands to, no matter what they've done in life, God has just given them ability to relate to people and for people to relate to them and people to just be in awe in them. And, you know, and, and ladies, they've always been told that you're so beautiful. But unfortunately, like that unicorn, the ladies don't see their own worth. They don't see the beauty in themselves that other people people see. Likewise with men, you know, you, you've been told that you're, you're handsome and you have such a good heart and, you know, all these good qualities, but for some reason you can't embrace the wondrous qualities that are within you that have been with you all of your lives. And what we want to encourage you to do today, like that man did for the unicorn, is to embrace the beauty and the majesty of what God has placed within you, not getting the big head, not getting cocky about it, but learning to walk in, as my sister said, that confidence and confidently knowing that there is a uniqueness about you that has been God-breathed within you. It has been God-breathed within you. And if you trace back through your life, you can trace it. You can trace the root of it that from a baby on to adulthood, there's always been something about you that has drawn people to you. You've never understood it, but we want you to understand today that it is the uniqueness of God that dwells within you. You are likened unto a pie piper. People are just drawn with you, and they'll follow you anywhere. You can talk anybody almost into anything. Sometimes you've taken that trait, and you may have used it in a negative manner. But now that you've come to know whose you are, that you belong to God, that you've come to realize that the gifts and the talents that God has placed in you, the ability to make others smile, the ability to bring laughter to other people's tears, the ability to be a loyal friend, to be a good friend, to be a good confidant, to hold within the 
secret places and the secrets that people will entrust in you. These are all qualities that God has placed within you. So we're here today to be like the man was to the unicorn and to help you to understand the beauty that you possess inside. That is God that has given you these traits. It is God that has created and made you who he is, who you are. He has breathed upon your life. Embrace it. Receive it. And walk therein. You know, we've been dealing with being a kingdom influencer. Be that one to influence the next generation to recognize and embrace the uniqueness of the qualities that God placed within them. Do not abuse the qualities. Do not abuse your strength. Do not abuse your ability to speak to people and change the trajectory of their thoughts. Recognize that what God has done for you, he has done for you because he has need of you. He has placed those qualities within you. He has designed you in such a manner that you would be a blessing unto others. Embrace that. Embrace that and embrace it now. Don't wait. Embrace it now so that you will end this year strong. You will no longer look in the mirror and not appreciate the beauty that God has placed within you. Shortchange yourself any longer. Stop talking down to yourself. Stop convincing yourself that you are not who God has created you to be. It's, it's really a sad scenario, but we do that to our very selves. I was talking to a sister of mine last Sunday. She was so distraught. She just, you know, and if you knew this woman and the things that she has walked through in life and is yet still standing and is not in an insane asylum, I, I, she possesses an inner strength that she doesn't even have a clue about you know, that God has placed within her. And she was having a weak moment. It was myself and another sister talking to her. And it was just before we were all being recommissioned and reordained under the new church name. And, and as I sat and I talked to her, and I was like, are you kidding me? Because what came out of her mouth was, I just feel like I'm such a failure. I just feel like I'm such a failure. And, I mean, and the tears were rolling, and she was in, in earnest of what she was saying. And I began to say to her, you know, and just what I just said, it's like, oh my God, the things that you have encountered all your life, all your life. And we're the same age. So, you know, actually she's a year older than I am. So she has walked through things over 60 years of life and has yet overcome. And it was sitting there in a moment of weakness saying what a failure she was. And as we began to minister and pour into this woman, she began to pull from deep within what God had placed in her and start reciting scripture, that she was more than a conqueror, that she was the head and not the tail, that she was above only and not beneath, that she was a mighty woman of God, that she had been fearfully and wonderfully made. And as she began to pull from within what God had placed, it changed her perception and her persona of who she saw herself as being. Now, it was just a moment of weakness. This is a woman that is strong in the Lord, but we all have our moments of weakness. So we're here today to encourage you. You may be going through a weak moment, or you may may have never fully embraced the fact that God breathed in the breath of life in you and created you in his image and in his likeness and gave you the unique qualities you possess. So I want to encourage you to embrace that today. Embrace that today. Now, on this same farm, once the unicorn had finally grown into the place of accepting that, you know, yes, people stare at you, but it's not for the bad. It's not because you're hideous. It's not because they're seeing evil because you have a horn out of your head. It's because of the beauty that you possess. And his best friend on the farm was a reindeer. 
And the reindeer was so happy for the unicorn because they had grown up together. And the reindeer was taken in by the unicorn as well and the beauty of the unicorn and the majesty of the unicorn. And just like the man had spoken words of life to the unicorn over the years, so had the reindeer. The reindeer had tried to encourage the unicorn as well. And then one day, you know, as they sat and they talked and, and the reindeer was rejoicing with the unicorn and the reindeer was like, I'm so happy you found finally understand and you can finally see yourself as we all see you in your majestic being in the beauty of who you are you know and as the reindeer was talking to the unicorn the reindeer says I'm so grateful to be your friend because I'm just a lowly reindeer and, and I can live my life vicariously through you by seeing how people embrace your, your imagery and how beautiful you are. And at that moment, the unicorn realized that the reindeer had been his cheerleader and the reindeer had grew up with him and had been his best friend, but the reindeer really had the same issues that the unicorn had, only all his life he had been the encourager, but never the encouraged. And so he never recognized his value and his worth. And so as they had the conversation, the lady overheard the conversation that the unicorn and the reindeer was having And so the lady came out and she looked at the reindeer and she said, oh, no, you know, you have to recognize that even though the unicorn is beautiful and and people admire him, you've got to understand that you have as much self-worth as the unicorn has. You have as much beauty in you as the unicorn has. And the reindeer is like, no, no, I, I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying to me. I thank you for trying to cheer me up, but I've been called just to be the encourager. And, and I feel that that's, that's my place. And, you know, and I will just continue to live my life vicariously because I've seen the love and the appreciation and all that has been lavished on the unicorn all of these years. I've I've embraced it. I've seen it. And I'm so glad for him. I, trust me, please hear me. I'm so glad for him. But I I I don't I don't merit what he merits. I was not created with the gifts and the talents that he was created with. And the lady said, please don't say that. Please don't say that. You need to recognize and understand that though people may not have built you up all along your time of unveiling is before you because you were created with a unique quality in yourself. But the time for the unveiling of the purpose of your quality had just not come to pass. So don't think just because you had not been unveiled and not appreciated for the quality that God gave you, that you will go through life being unappreciated and just being on the sideline, being the encourager. That is not true. See, because God has given each and every one of us a unique quality. And for some of us, that uniqueness has laid dormant for quite some time because your appointed time had not yet come. Just because you may not have been looked at and thought upon all your life as being this unique, with this unique quality. And in fact, in some, some respects, you were looked at as being weird just because of the uniqueness of who God created you to be. You were looked at as something is wrong with that person. Something is wrong with that reindeer. I don't know what it is. I can't put my foot on it or my finger on it, but something is really wrong over there. And all it was was because they could not embrace the uniqueness that God had placed in you. And instead of trying to embrace it, they labeled you as there being something wrong with you. Something was wrong with you. One of the things that amazes me about autistic children is the fact that they are so gifted in so many different aspects and they don't recognize or they're they're people that see them only look at them in pity or you know they don't embrace who they're work they are 
I was on a plane recently and I was flying home. This is not, this part is a true story. This is not part of the fairy tale, but true story. And I was sitting on the plane next to a young lady. And, you know, on planes, you sometimes you're just pushing the conversations. But I've learned to embrace the conversations because you just never know what God wants to share. And so we got to talking about, you know, family, who lived where and what have you. And um, she was going to go meet her husband. Her husband was here in Vegas. I was flying home. She was flying to Vegas to meet her husband because her husband was involved in um, a conference that was going on here. And her, her, I think it was her dad, uh, was watching her children for her uh, for a couple of days to give her a break so that she could come and spend some time with her husband. And she was sharing with me that one of her children was autistic. And so, you know, as we were talking, and I looked at her and I said, well, I said, so your child that's autistic, what, what is your child's special gift? And she looked at me. She, like, turned her head to the side, and she looked at me kind of with this be- bewildered look on her face. And she said, I'm sorry. And I said, what is your child's um, special gift? I said, I, I've learned and I've observed autistic children over the years and they all have special gifts. Either they are unbelievably musically inclined, I mean like without being taught, they can be a classic uh, pianist or their their, uh, mathematics and numbers are so far beyond what the average person's brain can even comprehend. You know, they can count into the trillions in their mind in a matter of seconds, you know, and add up these complex uh, numerical um, equations and things like that. It's like these children, or, you know, they, they may be autistic and they can barely talk, but if you play a song and they start singing, they sing with an operatic voice and it is crystal clear, okay? These children have special giftings. I've never seen one yet that didn't. And so when I started talking to her, I said, so what is, you know, what is your child's special gift? And nobody had ever asked her that. Nobody had ever asked her that. And she began to to share with me the special giftings of her child. But she was like, she was in awe that somebody would not just say, oh, that's too bad. I'm so sorry to hear that about your child, but rather embrace that that child has a special gifting. There is some place in that child's brain that that, that child can, can access that we as normal people cannot Okay, and and it's true. I mean, if you read up on autism and what have you, it is really, really true because, you know, we only use a portion of our brain and an autistic child can tap into that portion of our brain that we don't use and bring back genius from it. So I said that to now and back to my little fairy tale here, my little story. I said that to say that the woman that was talking to the reindeer was trying to get the reindeer to recognize and to understand, no, 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 no. Please don't ever think that there's not something unique about you and special about you. Your unveiling just has not happened yet. People are just unaware of how important and how special you are. So then something happened to bring the reindeer to the forefront. And I think you'll all catch on to this at this point and why I use this analogy in this season. There was a foggy Christmas night, okay? And all of a sudden, there was a need for the reindeer's uniqueness to be brought to the forefront because the uniqueness of the reindeer, whose name was Rudolph, was that he had a very shiny nose, and therefore he could be used in the fog to find the way to where his people needed to go. You see, he had to wait to that perfect moment to be unveiled so that his unique quality, that shiny nose, could be put to use. Everybody could see the beauty and the uniqueness of that quality. So you see, there are a lot of you that are like Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, and like the unicorn. There are a lot of you that have never really embraced and really understood 
the uniqueness of your ability to bring joy and laughter into the lives of people and, and how unique that quality is. And then there are those of you that for years you just felt like you were on the sideline. And so you just wanted to encourage everyone that you came into contact with, never recognizing the quality and the uniqueness and the beauty of how God designed you. And you need something to unveil you. And most of the time, our unveiling comes in the midst of turmoil and trial for others. Sometimes it's your own. But Rudolph was unveiled because it was fog in the night and people needed to get to where they needed to go. We can say Santa or whoever you want to utilize in this analogy. But people needed the light that Rudolph showed. So I'm saying to you, for those of you that have been on the sidelines and God has used you to be an encourager in the lives of others, the time of your unveiling is now. And it is now for God to put you in a position so that your unique qualities can be a light that will shine on the pathway of those that you come in contact with. Please, please, please know this. The moral of the story is to embrace who God created you to be. Don't ever, ever think yourself less than or lower than anybody else. Don't ever get caught up with the big head and think that you're more than anybody else because of the qualities and the talents that God has given you, because he has given each and every one of us special, unique gifts. So allow God to unveil you and present you, his child, to the world and to use you to be the light, to light the path of someone else. It is time out for false humility. It is time out for low self-esteem. It is time out for pride. It is time to embrace who God to be, never forgetting that you are his creation. You are the workmanship of his hands. So in all that he has placed within you and all that he has called you to, to be and to do, it is all predicated on his desire for your life. So that was my little story. That was just something that God had just really placed in my heart. But, you know, I really, really want to see us all in this year strong. We're doing one last shut-in at Kingdom Family International. We're going to go in for 72 hours, going in Wednesday at 4 p.m. and coming out Saturday at 4 p.m. with that last placement of giving ourselves to God, that that last first fruit offering of who we are, giving it back to him, that he can give us strategies and wisdom and divine importation and build us up and unveil us in whom he has created us to be so that there's no mistaking what he is doing in us and through us and the fact that it is him doing it. So I hope that this has been a blessing to you guys. I'm prayerful that, you know, as you as you finish out this year strong, that you do it with the mindset of knowing that God Almighty has blessed you to see yet another year, your journey of life. And he has done so because he yet has need of you. So that's it. What you got, sis? That's it. Wow. I have nothing else to say. You kind of finished it. Because everything you're saying is just, I kept thinking, I pray everyone can grasp what she's saying, because when you told me what the subject was, I tried to Google and do everything. I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> That's why I knew I had to be silent, because I need to know the difference between the reindeer and the unicorn. And Amen. there's some things that Google, Google cannot give you. But what you That's did true. say today, which gave me even a happier heart, because I'm that one that always felt like I was different and I couldn't understand. But everybody mm. called it something different, retarded. Mm-hmm. Somebody else called it mm. this. Something's wrong with her. But no one mm. ever say she's gifted. Mm. But God brought people in my life. They was able to tell me, you have a true gift. And I love mm-hmm. you for that. I pray mm. that we all, in the name of Jesus, during this holiday season, I pray in the name of Jesus that we don't get caught up in the everyday mundane or what the holiday of what we often thought it should be. But know that what now is happening is the way God is calling it to be. 
and mm-hmm. embrace him with everything that's in you. And I love you guys and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. And I just want to wish everybody a safe, happy, merry Christmas. Please remember to encourage your families in what this season is really all about. And it was the greatest gift that was ever given is acknowledged during this time. Not that, you know, it happened, but that we can come together as family and acknowledge that it did happen. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Amen. Merry Christmas, my sister. Give my brother all my love and wishes. And the same. Give everybody, nieces, nephews, and all my love. Will do. Likewise. Ever. Likewise. God bless. God bless you. Let's keep it real.